What's going on, everybody? This is Heath, and I'm here with Steven, and this is Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. I'm going to take a second to thank everybody for listening. We're back after, I think, two weeks off. Yeah. Steven, it's good to be back. It is. Missed last week. Took a week off. Yeah. Wasn't much going on. I mean, the March Madness, but we're going to we're gonna cover that here very shortly. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Tillman's Corner Sports Talk. That's for TikTok and Twitter and Instagram, putting out really good content. We're going to continue to put some of that out and yeah, getting some yeah a lot of views, some messages. Yeah, messages. People want to be on the pod, so we'll see how that goes. But we're going to start off like we normally do. We haven't been lately, but we're going to start off with a local shout out. This guy Ryan Williams. We always talk about him, but he made some more news. He some of these recruiting sites have updated their their rankings, and he jumped to number three. He's the number three player in the nation. Number one receiver and a five-star athlete, Steven. Yeah, um, like he said, we've talked about him before. We've watched him play twice live. He's only a sophomore, and, and just yeah. watching him play, you can see his ridiculous speed um, as a sophomore. And you know, a couple of years he he was playing. He wasn't even he's only been a receiver for a couple of years. He was quarterback. Eighth grade year, I think yeah, he was a quarterback. He was a quarterback eighth grade year. Right before his freshman year, they moved him to receiver. So he's only been playing receiver a couple of years. He runs track. So as I, you know, I'm, we keep up with him and stuff on Twitter and all that stuff, along with uh, you know, his teammate Myron that we interviewed on the pod. Um, he's running as a sophomore in high school, a hundred meters. I believe his times are like ten point four, ten point seven. Yeah, he – so I'm going to give it back to Steven in a second. But so I'm going to put this in context. He ran 100 meter at one of his last track meets at a 10.49. It was top 25 in the country as a sophomore, I think, for high school. I'm just going to put that in context. You know, he's committed to Alabama. We're Alabama fans. So I'm just going to put this into a little context. Everybody who has watched Alabama under the Saban air, who are some of the fastest people you can think of, Steven? Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle, Henry Ruggs, even – I mean, Judy was fast. Judy was fast. Devontae was. Smith had sneaky speed. So, Cooper. I told you, Ryan Williams ran a 10.49 100-meter. Jalen Waddle in high school ran a 10.67. Henry Ruggs ran a 10.58. So, already as a sophomore, he is faster than those guys. Yeah, just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to find the thing where you, you sent me. They were at a camp. That um, I can't remember what where the camp was, and it was a, it was a, uh, it was like a the Under Armour camp. It was all over the players from all over the country. Yeah, it players was in from Atlanta, all over the country in Atlanta, and you know they're they're running their forties, and um, he timed out as the fastest guy, and you know it's not laser time, it's hand time, but you, you kind of get pretty pretty close. Uh, again, why we keep saying it, but it's just so ridiculous. Sophomore in high school, still got two more years to go. Get bigger, stronger, faster. Ran a was clocked running a four four forty at this camp as a tenth grader. So what are you a tenth grader? Fifteen, sixteen years old? Yeah, I'm not even sure he's got his license. I'm not even sure he's sixteen years old. Yeah, it's it's insane. Absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous speed. He's only going to get faster. That is one of our before he graduates high school. We're going to have him on the podcast. I'm going to manifest that. <laughs> that that'll be our the goat. Of this podcast, that would be amazing. We're going to manifest it. But let's move on to our hot topic. We had two national championships over the weekend, both March Madnesses, women 
And men's sports thing. This is the first time we've ever hit on women's basketball. I'm really glad you put it in because this is – it was a great – it was – I don't know if you watched it. I watched it. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't watch from start to finish. I was uh, in the – I forget what I was doing. I was busy, but I was definitely keeping up with it on my yeah. phone if I couldn't watch it. But, um, yeah, LSU beat Iowa, mm-hmm. um, which in, in my bracket – I did a women's bracket. I had South yeah, Carolina winning it all because – they, they were undefeated. They were undefeated. They hadn't yeah. lost in what? Two years? Something like that? Yeah, I think you're right. Or it's been a long time. Like long South time. Carolina was by far the favorite. Iowa, um, what's the girl's name? Caitlin. Caitlin Clark, my girl. Clark. Yeah, she is a baller. And then LSU's uh, LSU just had a, a great performance. Um all around. I mean, the one girl, um, Alexis Reese. Yeah, one girl's name Reese. One girl's name Alexis Morris. More, yeah, they had a, they had a couple that were. Sim- they had one girl with the, with the fro, dude. She was um, like six for six for threes in the first half. Yeah, she was killing it. Um, so yeah, LSU brings it home to the SEC for the women's. They said it was the most yeah. watched basketball game, women's basketball game of all time of all time. Yeah, and it got more. It, it got more. Yeah, nine million views received more views than Tennessee and who they play Clemson, Clemson, and, and I think more than Bama. Yeah, I saw Sugar. Didn't Bama play in the Sugar Bowl? I think so. Yeah, I, it had more than the Sugar yeah. Bowl and the Orange Bowl. And so, Caitlin Clark from Iowa. If you haven't watched her, you should really look her up. She is Steph Curry in a woman's body. I mean, she's pulling up 10, 15 feet behind the three point line, making it rain, talking a little trash. But like Stephen said, LSU won. Congratulations, Matt Mueller. Hey, y'all finally won oh, something, right. man. I, I wonder, forgot. Matt, do you keep up with women's basketball? You, you can't know. call yourself a fan of LSU if you don't. Yeah, I don't know. I know but the uh, men smell like corn we'll, dogs. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about the women. Women tired. I will say, it's just out there. So I, I want to bring it up all the. Oh man, I don't even say backlash. I don't know I don't why. Know what's going on? I don't that. know why anything other than LSU winning the national championship is being talked about. Oh. Like you know, they were talking about. LSU is talking trash, but so was I. Like, it's the best part of the game. Get it, over it. Yeah. There's nothing to talk about. That's both what of the competitor. girls just calm down. Yeah, both of the girls commenting on it. Like, I'm not sure what what happened. Basically, you know, people want to get reviews, and what's the best way to get a review? You race, throw in the race card. They start race baiting, and everybody's blowing things out of proportion. Both girls are like, "Yo, this is ridiculous. This is a non-topic." It's just stupid for people to bring it up. But one thing I do want to bring up, Stephen, if you watched it, the LSU's coach, man, Kim Monkey, I think is her name. Mulkey. Mulkey. Dude, she, the entire game, she was like three foot on the court the entire game. Literally one time, she ran into the referee trying to say there was a foul, runs into the referee, and he pushes her off the court. They don't give her a technical. But my girl, Caitlin Clark, drops the ball behind her back. They tee her up. I, I just yeah. thought it was a little Yeah, they, they, it was pretty petty. They should have gave LSU's coach a tech. Um, but she's kind of wild anyway. If you've seen videos of her oh, man, yes. throughout the whole season, <laughs> she's a nut. She, she, um, she's something. But overall, good game. Nobody should be talking about anything other than, I mean, congratulations, LSU. First first uh, women's championship. Yeah, first women's championship. They did a great job. Uh, moving on to the men's. So LSU and Iowa played Sunday night. UConn and San Diego State, the team that knocked Alabama out of the tournament. We'll get to that here in a little bit. Um, San Diego State, UConn, UConn, dominant. Yeah, D- just the whole tournament. Yeah, first, they dominated the whole tournament. First team to ever win every game by, I think they averaged thirteen points. Yeah, the closest team was uh, in the Final Four, Miami, 
came within 13 points of beating them, but that's the closest in the entire tournament that a team came to beating them. Yeah, UConn, very – it's incredible. And, uh, you know, they ne- they never lost a game outside of the Big East. So, you know, they – at the start of the Big East play, they were ranked number two. They were 14-0. I remember the, earlier in the year they beat Bama by like 30. So, they were really impressive. And I just <sighs> – happy for them. UConn, in my lifetime, the last 26 years – They've won the championship five times. They're five-time champion, won March Madness five times in the last 25 years. That is two more than any other school. Very dominant. UConn was clearly the best team, I would say the best team in the country. I think even if Bama would have made it last night, I think they would have got buzzsawed. Yeah. They would have got hammered. Yeah, UConn is they – grown, They got grown men. You know, you can look at a team like, okay, like Bama had talented freshmen. Or they had grown men. Yeah, two two completely different styles of teams, two completely different styles of of offense. Um, but you know, shout out to UConn winning it. We're gonna take a quick break. Um, come back on the other side of the break. We will hit on um the Alabama loss to San Diego State. Some players leaving. We look forward to next year. So y'all stick around. All right, everybody, we are back. Talk some Alabama basketball. Obviously, it's already been happening, so we're not going to spend too much time on the game. Um, we'll talk a little, hit a little bit on it. But for the second time in three years, the men's basketball team has lost in the Sweet 16 to a much lower-seeded opponent. Two years ago, it was uh, an 11 seed, I believe, UCLA. This year, Alabama was ranked or not ranked, they was a, they were a one seed. They lost to what was San Diego State five seed. They yeah, were lost to five seed San Diego State. Um, if you watch the game, it was a on both sides. I would say ugly offensive game. It was uh it was basically like an old school football game. You know, defense, defense, defense. Mm-hmm. Um, Alabama obviously lost. Well, I don't even what was the final score? Do you have it pulled up? Seventy one sixty four. Seventy one sixty four. Um, seven-point loss, you know. It's always great to make it to the Sweet 16, but when you, if you watch the entire game, it was a ugly performance. It, yes, it was It was a very ugly performance, and I, I'm glad. You know, you hit on it. I, I want to give you props. You hit on it earlier, about a month ago, a month or a month and a half ago, whenever NATO's got that contract extension. You asked, was it too early? I think we both said we they should have waited till after the tournament to see what he did. And right on cue, Bama gets bounced in the Sweet 16. And you're probably thinking, you know, guys, look, they made it to the Sweet 16. That's a good year. No, it's unacceptable. They were the number one seed, the number one team in the country. Bama arguably had the most talented team Bama has ever had. I along, would say, along with the most talented player Alabama's ever had. Yeah, I, I agree. And they, they were probably... If you want to say UConn was the the best team, they were probably second as far as talent wise. You should just like they went ten twelve deep. I mean they were loaded, and for them to lose 
to San Diego State, and guess what? They did it Nate Oates fashion. Heath, what are you talking about? What does that mean? I want to tell you what it means. What does it mean, Heath? It means I don't care how many three-pointers we miss and how many shots we miss. We're just going to continue to do the same thing and hope we get a different result. Bama, three for 27 from the three-point line. That's 11%. They were 32% overall. They were in the same junk. And listen, I understand if, you know, if Alabama fans, if you're out there listening and you're happy with, hey, just win the SEC, I'm more happy. I'd rather do what UConn did. UConn got bounced in the semifinals of their Big East tournament. They didn't win the Big East. They won March Madness. I would rather win March Madness than win the SEC. But whatever. You know, Nate H is going to do what he does. He's an analytics guy. He's going to do what he does. And let me – I know you're about to jump in. This game is two weeks old, so we're not going to rehash a lot. Bama – San Diego State was up by a decent amount. Bama cut it to within two with 42 seconds left, Stephen. The shot clock is 30 seconds long, so they cut it within two. They could have played defense, got a stop, called a timeout. Nate Oates doesn't call a timeout. Infuriating. They could have played good defense, made a miss a shot, got the ball, been down two with 12 seconds left. Instead, Nate Oates has them foul. Instead of playing defense and getting the ball back 12 seconds, he fouls them and just lets them go to the free throw line. And basically, he was like, well, I hope they missed their free throws. Well, they could have just missed one shot and you got their ball back with 12 seconds. Oh, it's so stupid. Yeah, and then the other part of they went on – San Diego State went on a 12-0 run. Overall, it was like a 25-2 to two run, I believe. It was a huge run they went on. Like, yeah, it was, it was something like that, 25. Well, Bama was up like nine, right? And then they were down by like – and it, so, Yeah, yeah so right, it was like yeah. a 25-2 to two run before Oates decided to call a timeout. You know, typically – it, when it, when they got to a 12 run. Did he call a timeout or did it go to the it might have went to under, a, the four minute break they get? It might have been been that. He might not He even does call not a call timeouts. Um it's ridiculous. And I don't and, here, and also give San Diego State props. We talked about it. You know, I mentioned San Diego State has a great defense. They defend the three great over they're very tough. They manhandled Alabama. They out hustled Alabama. They out muscled Alabama. But yeah. so San Diego State played great. They played great defense. They played extremely hard. But also, on the other end, Alabama did miss a lot of open shots. They just – and the thing is, you know, we talked uh, – we've talked before. Great co- – the thing about great coaches are they adapt, they change, they can adjust. I'm not – I'm thankful for – I'm thankful Alabama made it to Sweet 16, you know, considering the years past that's been – but I think for Nate Oates to take the next step, like you said, you can't be perimeter centric. You can't, yeah, yeah. You can't be. We're going to do what we do, and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. You got to be able to adjust. They have no their their offense are shooting threes and dunks or layups at the rim. They have no mid range game. They would have killed San Diego State. They would have killed a lot of teams in the season that they lost to if they would have if they have a mid range game. They just don't. One question over under. How many times do you think Bama threw the ball in the post to a big man to post up and get an easy post up? This past season or yeah, in the over, State? over under five. No, the whole season. The whole season? How many times do you think they've done it? That they, they that they actually set up a play? Yeah. I'd say definitely under five. I would too. I we've we watched a lot of Bama games. Did you ever I have never seen them do it. They don't do it. And maybe you say, 
Well, Betty Ocker's just not good at it. He's been there two years. The dude is seven one, two thirty. I mean, come on. You've got to coach him to be able to do it. Clowney could probably do it. The man's long. Yeah. I mean, and, you can't consistently. And it's not even about, you know, throw. It's not about throwing the ball post and they dribble, dribble for 10 seconds. Man, UConn was running plays and they were throwing the ball to the post and the guy would catch the ball. Boom. One move. Boom. Three seconds. Yeah. Constant movement. Alabama's offense a lot of times is one pass, maybe two at the most shot. And I know Oates is the analytics guy. He's all about tempo, tempo, tempo. Well, let me give you some analytics. Let me give you some, some, yes. some last. So this is going back to 2012, not including this year. Alabama was all about tempo. The highest since Oates has been there, they're one of the highest tempo teams mm-hmm. in the country. The last was well, one. So going back to 2012, these are where the teams that won the national championship ranked in tempo: 150, 116, 254, 104, 274, 40, 150, 353rd. 212th, 65. That's going back to 2012. That's wow. where the teams That's ranked in tempo. So the highest ranked tempo team was 2017 North Carolina at number 40. Now, games change, things change, but when, but that's a lot of – that's 10 years' you know worth that, of basketball teams. You know what that tells me? Those teams are more worried – they want Efficient. to get the best shot Efficient. and run their offense, get the best shot available. Nate Oates is all about seven seconds. He wants to shoot within seven seconds. Yeah. Because he wants to get – so basically his thoughts is if you shoot within seven seconds, seven seconds you're going to get more possessions in a game. Yeah. That could be true. But if you jack but, up – if we're playing, I take five really good shots and make three of them. Hey, you could take eight horrible shots. You get eight of them and you make two, I still beat you. And that phenomenal stat, and I think that just shows that, hey, those teams were looking for the best shot, isn't it? Whatever. Yeah, it's and, frustrating. And we said last year uh, – I'm about to let you go. We said last year Nate Oates was on the clock because of the embarrassment to getting beat by Notre Dame. What do you, I mean, they got beat in the Sweet 16. They won what, two games? I mean, where does it go? They're not going to be – they're not going to be better than they were. Next year they're not going to be as good as this team was. No, absolutely There's not. no way. And – What's disappointing is, in the years past, we saw in games like this, they just shot three after three after three. It was like, do they not have anybody that can do a post game? Do they not have anybody that can do a mid-range shot? Well, this year you had the best, arguably the best player in the nation, top two best player in the nation, best player at Alabama that's ever played all time, I would say. And Brandon Miller, going to be – Probably top three pick, maybe top five pick at the highest in the draft. And you still are just jacking up threes, jacking up threes. You live by the three, you die by the three. He's got to be able to adjust, and he has not shown the ability to do that. So I don't think he's a great coach. Not yet. He hasn't taken that step. And I I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat, but – I think it's kind of warm, especially after this team, what they had in talent. And we're going to go right into the players that are leaving. I was going to – do you remember the stat I sent you about uh, Brandon Miller? Let's listen on Brandon Miller. And it, it kind of ties in because he's leaving too. 
and he talks about Nate Oates' offense. Brandon Miller is probably the best player Alabama has ever had. I know Alabama's had some good players, but he's probably the best. He's going to be a top three pick in the NBA draft. Freshman of the year, All-American. He had the worst March Madness shooting I think that there's ever been – What are you looking up the stat? In the yeah, last, I'm yeah, trying read, to find read this it. I, I couldn't if find I can, it. It was like the last 20 years he shot the worst percentage. It was like he shot 18% over three games. He was terrible. I mean, there's no easy way around it. He was terrible. And maybe some of the off-the-field stuff finally got to him. I don't know. But he was terrible. And I know you may not be able to find it, but I want to say it was like the last – maybe it was of all time. Like he – a minimum of 50 shots or something. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it was the last – he was 8 of 41. There you go, 8 of 41. In the uh, – yeah, I can't find it. But I do remember games. that. 8 of 41. 8 of 41 in March Madness. Terrible. Was the worst – it was yeah. It was like, it was like barely shots. Yeah, yeah. It was terrible. Um, just horrendous. And again, Nate Oates, since he's been there, has not shown that he can adjust. Now I understand, you know, the old saying "shoot or shoot." Well, <laughs> you got to be able to adjust. Also, again, and if you don't watch the game, you don't understand. When we talk about the mid-range game. It's whenever they're driving in, and the the defender's literally sitting there at the rim waiting. Mm-hmm. For the guy, he's giving you the mid-range shot over and over and over, but they're not taking it because they don't do that. Yeah, and I will say this. So I love sports. I love every sport, but if NBA, for instance, college basketball, NFL, for sure, you've always heard the playoffs is such a different level. It's a different game. You can't do the things you did in a regular season and expect them to work in the postseason because guys are that much more focused. It's that much more intense. Those easy shots you got in the regular season because maybe those kids were focused on, I don't know, a test. Or maybe that they were focused on, you know, next game's opponent or whatever. In the playoffs, March Madness, anything, there is no next game. There is nothing. You have to focus on that game. That game means everything to you. So the easy stuff you got – in the regular season, you can't expect to get that. So you're going to have to dig that much deeper, come up with that much better plays, and Nate Oates cannot. Yeah, I don't know if his offense, if his coaching is better than a Sweet 16 type of offense. I mean, you would have to be hitting on – No, they they have played great defense since he's been there. I'll say that. To to shoot 11% from three and you shoot – 29 of them and only lose by seven, then you had to be playing some good defense. But, I mean, look at the teams that put that San Diego State and UConn. Nowhere near the type of offense that Alabama runs. Yeah, I'm about to look, look up. I'm a, I'm even, the, even the final four teams. You know, I don't know if his offense is a Elite Eight, Final Four, National Championship caliber. You look at, look at UConn last night. They shot 17 threes, only made six of them. They only shot 17. That's 10 less than – and then, let's see, in their final four game, they shot 26, made nine of them, 34%. Like, you don't have to be perfect, but, I mean, you just got to run really good offense. 
Yeah. And the tempo, like you said, gets them in a lot of trouble because they're so concerned about getting a lot of possessions. Mark Sears, oh, my God, dude. He takes the dumbest shots. Yeah, him. Quinterly will kind of push too much. He didn't. He got blocked every time he took it yeah, to the and, basket. I was like, let's get into the. But so we're gonna uh, and looking into next year, yeah. it's not. I'm not gonna say it's not looking good. They're gonna have talent. They have a decent recruiting class coming in. It was. So, it's not as good as this year's. Yeah, I still think they'll probably make the tournament. Oh yeah. Um. They better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <He's> definitely, <laughs> they better. Uh, they, well, they just gave him a, the Jimbo Fisher type of contract. Um, but, you know, you already have – obviously, Miller's gone. Clowney didn't have a great season, but just based off his potential, yeah. um, he's leaving in the dra- or going to the NBA. Quinterly has entered his name but still can come back. I mean, he's like Stetson Bennett. How many years does he yeah, have? he's 24 he's like, years old. I mean, I don't know. Betty, <laughs> Betty Ako. He'll be 25 next year. Betty Ako has entered his name, but can still come back. Wouldn't he needs to come back. Yeah, um, but then the transfers, Namari, Burnett transferred. Today. Um, and then today it just dropped that Jalen Bradley, the highly recruited five-star from last year's recruiting class, entered his name in the portal. Now, Namari Burnett has already committed to Michigan, so he's not coming back. Bradley technically still could come back. Um, and every situation is different, but I'm like, man, the, okay, these these four star kids, these five star kids coming here thinking they're gonna light the world on fire, putting up 25 points a game. He started for most of the season, and then whenever Quinterly came back in the starting lineup, he still came off the bench. Well, he was the one that told Nate Oates that Quinterly needed to start. Yeah, so he's not a selfish kid. I don't know. Maybe he don't. And maybe I, he doesn't like the offense. To me, he's kind of a Jaden JD Davidson, Davidson type of player. Who real, don't fit, real athletic. Don't fit, don't really. fit the Nate Oates system because he yeah. didn't shoot threes. He was not a good shooter. Yeah, and that's the thing. Since Nate Oates has been there, they haven't had you because know, they've gotten high profile point guards. Haven't had any good. Shooters. But haven't had any success. JD Davidson, stupid athletic. You know. Couldn't shoot it in the ocean. Jalen Bradley, super athletic, five-star, you know, distributor kind of guy. Couldn't shoot it in the ocean. Um, so, I, I don't I know. I love so, Jaden Bradley, man. I think he's going to be a stud wherever he goes. He was good. Yeah. Some of the games, to me, he played better against good competition, good physical. Like, he was an athlete. Like, you couldn't out-athlete him, if that makes yeah. any sense. Like, he was strong, fast, quick. And I wonder if, you know, there's a couple coaches, assistant coaches. One went to Georgia Southern or Georgia State. One went to Arkansas State. Maybe those guys leaving, because supposedly the one that went to Arkansas State was their best recruiter. Maybe him leaving had a lot to do with some of these players leaving. But do you think it, there's four that could possibly be in the draft, two that could possibly transfer? That's six guys as of right now. Six guys that – played a lot or started, then the one guy that was supposed to be coming in as a guard, he's asking for his release from his <laughs> – from his. he already signed his national letter of intent. He's asking to be released from it. So that's Wait, six – um, some guard like RJ – I forget his name. Um, he's like a four-star guard. He signed that he was going to Bama. Yeah, he already signed. Out. Now he's wanting to be released oh, from that. it. Yeah, RJ <laughs> Hampton? No. I can't remember. He was I a good that. player. I did see that. I did um, see that. 
And then the guys they got coming in, dude. Now, I mean, I'm not judging by just they. He's listed as a power forward, but he's like six eight, 190 pounds. And then this other kid that's also listed as a power forward, he's like six seven. They're gonna run up against UConn and get Charles Barkley type of power forward. They're gonna run um, up against UConn and get bullied. But I mean, I'm not saying they're gonna have a bad team next year. But when you and then hopefully Griffin, you know, some we don't lose more players. Who knows? Nick Pringle and uh, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin, yeah. Oh. <laughs> They're rumored to be looking elsewhere. Let's hope not. Nate Oates is – ask John Calipari, how is it, does it work losing, you know, every starter and guy who played good minutes every year? You just can't build a good, consistent team yeah. like that. And it's not just Alabama. All other teams are uh-huh. – you know, this portal has gotten everybody – well, that's what stinks for fans, whether you're Alabama, LSU fan, Auburn, you know, whatever, um, is that, you know. I'm for, a South for, Alabama so, fan. Yeah. So, for, let's just say, for example, Alabama fans were like, oh, we made it Sweet 16. Obviously, Clowney's going to leave. Miller's going to leave. And some guys that are run out of eligibility. But, hey, we still got these other guys coming back to anchor the team, plus the recruiting class. And you're like, psych, they gone. Yeah. No. So, you have to learn a whole new – Roster next year. You have Mark Sears there. You have Mark Sears. Well, hey, that's pretty much it for today. We got a shorter episode. Next week, next episode, we'll be talking about the NFL draft. It's coming quick, and we're going to be hitting on some spring games. Bryce Young, number one. Right? Yeah, no, that's not happening. (laughs) I don't don't see that happening. Yeah. I I think it'd be all right if he goes to the Texans, but we'll hit on that next week. We'll hit on that next week. Well, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, Don't forget to like, subscribe, podcast on podcast on spotify geez yeah yeah give spotify is taking Share over everybody social yes they are follow us on social media tim's corner sports talk tiktok instagram twitter put out good content yeah putting so, out some videos we just put out one yeah. back press conference. tonight yeah well till next week see you see ya